focus scripture for this morning devotion is from 2nd Samuel chapter 9 verse 1 now David said is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake my brother called me from India and he was curious to know on what um, theme I would be talking for my midweek devotion. I said I would be talking about Cinderella. And uh, he said, oh, the girl who, whose um, glass slipper will fall off her feet. And then a uh, little more things he said. So other day I was talking to a couple of my friends. So I was just asking them, hey, what do you think of Cinderella's story? And these friends are born in 80s, and they said, uh, we don't know how um, uh, the Disney series have uh, evolved, evolved with the Cinderella story, but all we know is uh, that about the glass slipper which fell off her feet. So much of what they said is true when we think of Cinderella's story. We never go beyond the glass slipper. It is so catchy and attractive. At the most, we may talk that Prince goes in search of that uh, glass shoe to find the girl whose feet is the correct fit uh, to the shoe. But most of us forget, how did she even got there? How did she get into that ballroom to dance with the Prince? How did she even get uh, transformed? What changed her? So all this we don't even care to think. All that that is stuck in our minds is the glass slipper. Much of what I think about the story is Cinderella has gone beyond that slipper, but we are still stuck with that glass slipper or we are still caught in that magic spell. And that magic spell has been broken in our life, but we are still in there. Similarly, I wanted to focus on a character in the Old Testament whose name is Mephibosheth. When someone says that name Mephibosheth to me, the first thing that comes to my mind that he is a lame guy. He is a lame guy. A little background of this guy is he is a son of Jonathan and grandson to King Saul. So both Jonathan and King Saul are killed in a battle at Giloba in 1 Samuel we get that information. And when, when the news that they died gets to the palace, Immediately, the nanny who's taking care of Mephibosheth tries to flee with Mephibosheth, who is five years old. In that process, she drops Mephibosheth and he becomes crippled. It is not by birth he is lame or maimed, but because he is dropped in a hurry, he gets crippled. So that is the story, a brief story of Mephibosheth. And in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, we see David, after being settled as a king, now he thinks about King Saul's family, 
and is inquiring, is there anyone in Saul's family that I can show kindness because of Jonathan's sake? Because of Jonathan's sake. And the Ziba, the nanny who took care of Mephibosheth, she is called and she gives the details where Mephibosheth is now. And then they send a word to get Mephibosheth back to the palace. The name Mephibosheth means son of shame and he is living in a place called Lodi Bar. Lodi Bar is meaning no pastures, there is no communication, there is no word, it's literally a deserted place. And Mephibosheth is living there in fear, loneliness and hopelessness because any time the king's family or people would come and ambush him and kill him. So in that kind of fear, he's totally engulfed and is just living there. And now when he gets the news to come, they get Mephibosheth to King David's palace. And King David wanted to show kindness. He didn't see Mephibosheth is lame or what, who, but he wanted to show kindness because of Jonathan's sake. Kindness in the Bible, in Hebrew, has very strong meaning and sense. Kindness is rock solid. It is steadfast loving kindness which goes through eternity. It, it is not a temporary thing, but it goes through eternity and it is a covenant relationship. Jonathan and David had a covenant relationship and in that covenant relationship, God was present there. David sometimes feared that Jonathan may betray him because he's King Saul's son, but Jonathan always remained faithful to his friend David. So he wanted to show kindness because of Jonathan's sake. And secondly, he wanted to show kindness because of God's sake, because God has elevated the shepherd boy David to King David, and he wanted to show that kindness. So he is moving beyond that, he's showing the kindness that beats the sin, the betrayal, or anything that stops him to show kindness to Mephibosheth and is extending that kindness to show forgiveness and to give forgiveness to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth here, when he comes to the palace, he is not blaming him or he is not putting him in fear, but he's just showing him the kindness because the kindness what he received from God. In Isaiah, God says, the valleys may be removed the hills may be shaken, but my steadfast kindness towards you will never be shaken. So that kindness David is showing here. And thirdly, kindness here is not a feeling, but it is an action. And David doesn't just end this kindness with a promise telling Mephibosheth that he will be taken care in some place by someone. Rather, he's telling, you are going to be in my palace. You are going to sit at my table along with his sons and you are going to dine with me. So he has elevated him 
um, given him the equality, the equity, that a royal equity he has given that Mephibosheth can enjoy being at the table of David. David shows that undeserving, unmerited kindness to Mephibosheth here. He doesn't deserve, actually by law he has to be, David has a right to kill Mephibosheth, but still he doesn't kill or do any harm. He has turned whatever lameness, whatever crippleness he has, turned into a blessing for Mephibosheth. Even in the Cinderella story, we forget about the fairy godmother. She took kindness on Cinderella. She doesn't even have to show that, but she showed kindness. And in turn, we see how Cinderella shows that kindness to her step-sisters uh, and her stepmother. So we have to take, David here has taken the courage to show kindness and has weaved that web of magic in his life. For me, the focus here is not even Mephibosheth. For me, it is King David. How he challenged himself, how he moved, has seen himself beyond that is stopping him, the crippleness, the lameness, whatever, and tried to show kindness to others. So may God help us as we talk about kindness so much these days, just ending up with feeling but not showing any action. So this Hesed is steadfast love. It takes us into eternity when we continue to do actions to people by showing kindness. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this blessed time you've given to us to come into this space and once again to meditate on your word. We thank you for waking up into this beautiful day and for the gift of life and for the steadfast love and kindness and faithfulness in our lives. As we begin this day, we pray that you would watch and guide our steps, our thoughts and our actions so that we may be instruments in showing kindness in the lives of others. Help us to move beyond the crippleness or the lameness of our minds and our bodies and to see the gift of kindness, the magic you've already put in our bodies and in our minds. By showing kindness to others, even we can experience those precious uh, moments of your grace and love in our lives. We commit this morning all those who are suffering, who are weak, who are lonely and living in hopeless situations. We pray that you would be their provider, sustainer, and their comforter. As many people are battling with the present situations of this pandemic, we pray that you would give us the courage to thrive through these situations, trusting and believing that you are in control of everything. We commit the rest of the day into your loving hands. We ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.